Welcome to Vango Notes for The American Story by Robert A. Devine, T.H. Breen, George M. Fredrickson, R. Hal Williams, Ariella J. Gross, and H. W. Brands. Chapter 1. New World Encounters. Section 1. Big Ideas. When and why did human beings first migrate to the Americas? What were the defining characteristics of the early societies in North America? What was life like in Africa, Europe, and the Americas when Christopher Columbus arrived in the New World in 1492? And what impact did European colonization have on the Old World and the New? We can explore these fundamental questions raised in Chapter 1 by focusing on three basic topics. America before European contact, a world transformed, and Europe and the New World. Okay, let's start with America before European contact. Human beings first arrived in North America over 15,000 years ago. Pursuing woolly mammoths, early hunters crossed a land bridge between what is now the Bering Strait and Alaska. But the large animals that supported these hunters did not last. As the climate started to warm, the grasslands that had sustained the large mammals began to shrink. Eventually, the large mammals, including mammoths, mastodons, camels, and horses, were eradicated from the land. The extinction of the large mammals brought a period of adaptation for the Native American peoples. As they dispersed across the North American continent, Native American peoples developed new sources of food. At first, smaller mammals and fish, nuts, and berries sustained them. Then, about 5,000 years ago, Native Americans learned to cultivate certain plants. Knowledge of how to grow corn, beans, and squash spread north from central Mexico, inaugurating the Agricultural Revolution, which profoundly changed Indian societies. The Agricultural Revolution helped free nomadic groups from the insecurities of hunting and gathering, allowing them to form permanent villages and begin to produce items like ceramics, which they could use to store grain. Eventually, urban centers of population emerged. The Anasazi people of the southwest built large pueblos. Equally impressive urban centers also emerged in the Ohio and Mississippi valleys. One example was Cuyahoga, which was in present-day Illinois, which covered almost 20 acres and supported a population of almost 20,000 people. However advanced the Native American cultures of the southwest and the Mississippi valley may have been, both cultures disappeared mysteriously just before the arrival of Europeans. And as these cultures declined, Native Americans tended to disperse into smaller bands, construct new identities, and establish different political structures. Thus, while European newcomers assumed Indians had lived in the same place and followed the same practices since the dawn of time, the facts of the matter were quite different. This brings us to our second topic, a world transformed. The arrival of large numbers of Europeans on the North American continent profoundly altered Native American cultures. Europeans found communication with Native Americans quite difficult, thus reinforcing their stereotypes that Indians were contemptible heathens who didn't understand the value of material goods. Ethnocentric Europeans tried repeatedly to civilize the Indians, pushing them to dress like colonials, attend white schools, and, most important, except Christianity. Over time, cooperative encounters between Indians and Europeans became less frequent. European planters didn't understand the Indians' relation to the land, 
and their system of land use reduced the supply of deer and other animals essential to Native Americans. Commerce also eroded Indian independence, making them dependent on European items, especially weapons. Although European colonists certainly enjoyed technological advantages over Native Americans, of all the weapons they brought to the New World, the most potent was the diseases they unknowingly carried. Smallpox, measles, and influenza devastated Native American populations. The epidemics that plagued Native Americans were one component of what is known as the Columbian Exchange, the ecological revolution that followed from European contact with the New World. Less destructive was the exchange of plants and animals. Europeans also introduced sugar, bananas, pigs, sheep, and horses to the New World, and they returned from the New World with new crops, like beans, squash, potatoes, and tomatoes. A third part of the newly transformed world was West Africa, home to a variety of political systems and peoples speaking many languages. Sub-Saharan West Africa was first visited by Europeans in the 15th century. Portuguese sailors partnered with the officials of large West African kingdoms, trading European goods for gold and slaves. This was the beginning of the slave trade that eventually would bring approximately 10.7 million Africans to the New World as slaves. Let's move on to our third topic, Europe and the New World. European conquest of the New World was fueled by growing prosperity, more centralized political authority, and the more expansive outlook of the Renaissance. Europe was also suffering from a population expansion after 1450, which led to a rise in land prices and food shortages. Exploration also drew on new technical knowledge, especially the rediscovered classical geographic knowledge disseminated with the help of Gutenberg's printing press. This new information had a strong impact on Christopher Columbus. Unlike Portuguese sailors who sought to sail around Africa to reach Asia, Columbus wanted to find a westward passage to gain access to coveted Asian products like spices. When Columbus arrived in the West Indies in 1492, sailing for Spain, he was convinced that he was in Asia. So Columbus called the natives he saw Indians. Portugal and Spain thus seemed to be in direct competition for the lucrative Asian trade. To avoid a conflict, Pope Alexander VI negotiated a settlement that divided the non-Christian world between the two kingdoms in 1493. The following year, in the Treaty of Tordesillas, the two countries agreed that Portugal would focus on Africa, leaving all of the New World, except what would become Brazil, to Spain. Columbus's fellow Spanish explorers helped build a Spanish empire in America. Hernan Cortes took an army to Mexico, overran the Aztec Empire, and began sending its large quantities of gold back to Spain. Soon, the Spanish crown had built a vast American empire. Almost 500,000 Spaniards, most of whom were single males, migrated there by 1650. Often, these migrants married local Indians and blacks, suggesting that the peoples of New Spain were more tolerant of racial differences than were the English who settled in North America. Compared to the Spanish, the French were slow to develop colonies in the New World. In the early 17th century, they settled Quebec, and later French traders extended through the Great Lakes into the Mississippi Valley in search of furs. In general, however, France failed to build an American empire. England did not get involved in the colonial competition until the end of the 16th century. 
Queen Elizabeth I encouraged Captain Francis Drake to plunder Spanish merchant ships and Walter Raleigh to organize a colony on the east coast of North America. In 1587, Raleigh sent a group to Roanoke Island off North Carolina. Unfortunately, the supply ships for the colony failed to arrive the following year, and when help did get there in 1590, everyone was gone. One of the reasons for the delay in getting aid to Roanoke was the attack of the Spanish Armada on England in 1588. King Philip II of Spain was angry about English raids on Spanish ships. He also had religious motivations, because England was now committed to Protestantism. The Spanish Armada was the largest naval force ever assembled, yet it was destroyed by a smaller English fleet and a number of storms. Thereafter, Spain could not block English settlement in the New World. That's the end of this section.